Chapter 12 of The Outdoor Girls at Foaming Falls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Karen Hunt. The Outdoor Girls at Foaming Falls by Laura Lee Hope. The Wrong Road. For a long moment, there was silence while the outdoor girls stared at the old lady as though hypnotized. Her description of the destination to which they had been so blithely repairing was anything but a pleasant one. In fact, the description was so graphic that even in the reassuring sunlight they could feel their flesh creep. What would be their sensations when night fell? Molly was the first to fight off the spell that held them. She shrugged and laughed. Then she went over to the pile of papers Amy had gathered and put a match to them. Well, she said, turning back to the girls, if we're going, seems to me it's time to start. The old gentleman beamed. The mouth of the old lady fell open in incredulity. You mean you're going to that house anyway, you gals all alone? Molly turned to the others, who had scarcely changed their position since the end of the startling tale. How about it, girls? she asked quietly. Are we going to let a story of ghosts spoil a perfectly good adventure for us? Grace roused herself with a deep sigh. Of course not, Molly. Why, that is the adventure. Quite so, Irene jumped up. It is the most thrilling thing I've ever heard of. Think of putting up in a haunted house and facing the hunt in his lair, finished Amy with a chuckle. When do we start, Molly? asked Stella. I'm crazy to make a sketch of the hunt. Wouldn't that be novel? I might even sell it as a curiosity. Irene giggled. It's the only way any of your sketches would be sold, she said wickedly, and Stella caught her and ruffled her hair until it stood up in charming disarray on her pretty head. Come on, you two, stop your fighting. Don't you know we have a serious time ahead of us? Though Grace laughed as she said it, she knew, as did all the girls, that a good deal of joy had been taken from their adventure by the tale of the old lady. She, like the others, was anxious to get to Foaming Falls while there was still plenty of daylight in which to inspect their new and spooky quarters. The old lady did not cease to protest against their mad resolve of proceeding against all caution to the old stone house until the girls had finally said goodbye and were on their way to the spot where they had left their automobiles. Even then, they could hear her apostrophizing her husband excitedly. Taint right no way, Samuel. I feel sort of responsible for those gals. They were so sweet and purdy-like. If anything was to happen to them, I'd feel like I was all to blame. Nonsense, Ma. You can't help it if the house is haunted. You get warning enough. Too much, if you ask me. Pa's right, muttered Molly. What you don't know is not to hurt you. Stella laughed a bit nervously. If there is a haunt, we would probably find it out anyway, she said, in an attempt at airiness. They have a way of making themselves felt. Oh, you horrid girl, do keep quiet. Irene was actually shivering. If you say any more, I certainly will turn tail and run back to Deepdale as hard as I can go. The more she thought of the haunt, the more it seemed to get on her nerves. I don't suppose we are going to allow an old woman's story to frighten us, said Amy quietly. They had reached the cars and were stowing away the empty hampers and other camp paraphernalia. 
It seems to me the best thing for us to do is to forget we ever heard the weird yarn. That is, if we expect to have any fun at all at Foaming Falls. Right you are, Amy, returned Grace. Otherwise, we might just as well turn back to Deepdale at once. And acknowledge we're afraid. And of ghosts, added Molly scornfully. Think what the boys would say. We never would hear the end of this escapade. She climbed into her car and started the motor. The sound was familiar and reassuring. Molly glanced about at the Ford. Back out first, Stella, will you? she called. I can't get out of here without more room. Stella obeyed. She was a bit nervous with the eyes of the other girls upon her. But aside from scraping her rear guard against an inconvenient tree, she managed very well. In a few moments, they were clear of the woods and once more rolling easily over the road. They had gone only a short distance when Molly found by the road map that they must leave the highway and diverge onto the mountain road that led with many tortuous turnings and windings up to Foaming Falls. However, for a considerable distance, the road was not so bad as Molly had feared. Although rough and bumpy in spots and full of sharp curves, it was fairly level most of the way. Still, it was necessary to proceed cautiously, and Molly grew impatient as she realized that the afternoon was getting well along. Think we can make it before dark? Grace asked once. For some time, the candy box, which was her inseparable companion, had laid open beside her, neglected and forgotten. I don't know, Molly answered shortly. This road isn't any too good. They came suddenly to an obstruction in the road and a sign. Bridge, down, detour. All that was needed to complete our happiness, cried Molly in exasperation. Just look at that road they're switching us to. Grace and Amy looked and were not encouraged. Maybe it won't be so bad once we get on it. Amy suggested mildly, and received a withering glance from Molly. It will be ten times as bad as it looks, she retorted. You ought to know that as well as I do, Amy Blackford. We've met enough of those roads in our previous adventures. Stella tooted impatiently from the rear. Molly answered by waving her hand toward the barred road. Detour, she shouted. Follow me, if you can. Molly turned and backed, and got off for a good start on the wretched road. Hold your hats, girls. We've got to make time, and I don't intend to humor these bumps. Ouch! That was a good one. They met other good ones, many of them. Help! My jaw will never be the same again, wailed Grace, holding on to that part of her anatomy. Every tooth has come loose from its moorings. As long as you don't swallow any of them, you're tolerably safe, said Molly calmly. Hold on now. Sharp curve ahead. They looked back from time to time to observe Stella's progress and found her following gallantly after them, jarring and jolting, but always there about thirty feet behind. She's game, that youngster, said Molly admiringly. When you think that this is her first long trip and her first experience as a real chauffeur, one has to marvel. Lots of fun, too, both of them, Grace agreed. We did a remarkably clever thing when we allowed them to join our distinguished club, <clears throat> she doesn't mind handing herself roses, does she? laughed Amy. As long as I'm handing them to you at the same time, you shouldn't object, retorted Grace. After a while, when they had failed to come out again on the main road, Molly came to the uncomfortable conclusion that they were lost. 
What fun, sighed Grace, alone in a woodland wilderness, four girls and a fifth. Wouldn't that make an interesting title for a book? Not when we happen to be the four girls and a fifth, retorted Molly. I am having far from an enjoyable time, I can tell you. Will someone please tell me where we go from here? They had come to a crossroads, and there was no signpost, no writing of any sort, to tell the bewildered wayfarer which way to turn to reach the main road. Molly stopped the car. She was baffled and impatient. More than that, she was becoming actually worried. It was no small thing, this being lost in a strange country with the responsibility for the mishap on her shoulders. She had the road map. It was up to her to keep the road. Amy had closed her eyes and was saying something beneath her breath, pointing her finger from left to right. What are you doing? demanded Molly. My mother says that I shall take this one, chanted Amy, and triumphantly pointed her finger to the fork that turned to the right. Go that way, Molly. You can't miss the road. Grace chuckled and Molly snorted. What sort of bumcomb is this? she demanded. Nevertheless, she threw in her clutch and turned to the right. The fates defend you, Molly Blackford, if you guessed wrong, she said. This is a terrible road, and I doubt if we could go back and turn, however great the necessity. If we get stuck, here we shall have to stay till the end of time. Once more, they went ahead, but this time, with added caution for every moment, the road seemed to grow worse. I, I don't know about this, stammered Amy at last. Oh, Molly, look! There was no necessity to call on the newly appointed leader of the outdoor girls to look for all could see what was ahead. But that knowledge came too late. Crash went the first car through the thin fringe of bushes. Bump followed, and then the car came to a standstill in a hollow two feet deep and half filled with muddy water. A wild shriek arose, and the second car came to a halt with a suddenness that nearly hurled its occupants through the windshield. End of chapter 12